from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast Practitioner Brief, Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. Happy Purim to everyone celebrating the Jewish holiday of Purim. Today, a wonderful day where kids and adults all wear costumes alike and uh, read the uh, story of the Queen Esther and the survival. So a a wonderful, wonderful holiday, uh, a kid's favorite holiday, and having a young uh, son is one of his uh, now favorite holidays because he gets to wear a costume, uh, Superman, it is this year for the young man. So we've got a packed show this morning as well. a proof of concept around the word, uh, the, the Microsoft Word RCE, an Android update, uh, LastPass with even more information regarding their uh, breach over there, um, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. Good morning to Brent, John, Steve, and everyone else watching us live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. This show is live Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. You can also find us after the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google or any of your favorites, go there and make sure to subscribe later today. A brand new episode of CISO Talk. You see that right there in front of you with my good friend, Dmitry Sokolovsky. And what a conversation. We talked about the national cybersecurity strategy and why we should stop calling it cybersecurity altogether. Dmitry makes a very good case for this. Don't miss that. That episode will air at 1 p.m. Eastern on all your favorite social media channels and be available on the CISO Talk podcast, a completely separate podcast on your favorite podcast listening platforms. Go and catch it there. Without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, grab our cup of coffee this morning. I've got my double espresso, whatever you're drinking, coffee cup cheers, y'all. We'll kick off this morning with a big, big news for a lot of practitioners. Microsoft Word, probably the most used product in most organizations is a Word doc. Word and PowerPoint, you can argue with Excel. But now a proof of concept has been released for a critical RCE bug within Microsoft Word. The CVE 2023-21716, a critical vulnerability that allows remote code execution, was published over the weekend. The vulnerability was given a 9.8 out of 10 severity score with Microsoft addressing it in the February patch Tuesday security update along with a couple of workarounds. The severity score is mainly given by the low attack complexity coupled with the lack of privileges and user interaction that's really required to uh, manipulate and, and be able to execute this specific vulnerability Researcher Joshua Drake last year discovered a vulnerability in the Microsoft Office www.lib.dll. Send Microsoft a technical advisor containing a proof of concept code showing the issue is exploitable. A remote attacker could potentially take advantage of the issue to execute code with the same privileges as the victim that opens a malicious .rtf document. Microsoft warns that users don't even have to open the document. Simply loading the file in the preview pane is enough for the compromise to start. Drake says that there is additional processing after the memory corruption occurs and a threat actor could leverage the bug for arbitrary code execution by using a properly crafted uh, heap layout. So a few things, the report's been sent. Microsoft has patched this. There are some workarounds. However, not um, some workarounds could actually backfire, according to Microsoft. For users that don't cannot apply to fix, Microsoft recommends reading emails in plain text format, something unlikely to be adopted due to inconvenience. Again, lack of images, rich content. Another workaround is to enable Microsoft Office file block policy, which prevents Office apps from opening RTF documents of unknown or untrusted origins. This method would require modifying the Windows registry and also comes with a caveat. 
If you use the registry editor incorrectly, you make a serious problem that could require you to reinstall your OS. Additionally, if an exempt directory has not been set, directory has not been set, users run the risk of not being able to open it. Uh, all in all, a uh, wonderful morning for a lot of practitioners who read this because here's a actual threat surface. And if you can't patch or you haven't patched, you want to make sure you get this on your team's agenda. Android has released their March patch uh, request here with a over 50 vulnerabilities addressed as part of the March 2023 security update for the Android platform. The more severe of these were two remote code execution flaws in the system component, both of which were addressed with the security patch. A total of 18 bugs were addressed in the system component this month, 16 of which are rated high. Severity Google also resolves eight security defects in the framework component, all high severity. An additional 29 vulnerabilities were resolved with the second part of the Android update. That one arrived on the 5th of March. The first one arrived on the 1st of March. So you want to make sure you get your Android systems updated ASAP. The Sheen or Shine shopping app glitch is copying Android clipboard contents. The Android app is with a severe uh, vulnerability here. The version of the Sheen shopping application in Google Play, which has over 100 million downloads, was unnecessarily accessing Android device clipboard contents, creating a potential security threat, according to Microsoft. Microsoft says in a blog post, that it asked Sheen to remove the feature from its Android app that accessed user clipboard and the company complied. However, users need to update their apps to be free of danger. From passwords to account numbers and autofill information of all kinds, device clipboard can contain a treasure trove of sensitive data. Microsoft discovered that an old version of the app periodically read the contents of the Android device clipboard and if a particular pattern was present, send the contents of the clipboard to a remote server. I don't know if there's anything malicious on there, but nonetheless, um, if, if you know someone using the app, you want to make sure they get that updated. And now news over LastPass. So LastPass has been in the news for quite a bit. Last week, they revealed kind of a little bit more about their breach. Now we're seeing a, a little bit more information. Again, um, they revealed how unidentified actors actually leveraged information stolen from an earlier incident. Now they're talking about the intrusion that led to the second attack. And the second attack specifically singled out one of their four DevOps engineers targeting their home computer. Listen in, folks. With a keylogger malware to obtain their credentials and breach the cloud storage environment, this in turn is said to have been made possible by exploiting a nearly three-year-old now-patched flaw in Plex to achieve code execution on the engineer's computer. The streaming media service told Hacker News in a statement, the vulnerability in question CVE-2020 5741 had a CVSS score of 7.2 with a deserialization flaw impacting Plex media server on Windows that allows a remote authenticated attacker to execute arbitrary Python code in the context of the current OS user. The issue allowed an attacker with access to the server's administrator's Plex account to upload a malicious file via the camera upload feature and have the media server executed according to the advisory by Plex. Unfortunately, the LastPass employee never upgraded their software to activate the patch. And so now we go to LastPass and realize it's a patching issue. There you have it. Targeting an engineer's home computer. This is a great one to share with your engineers, with your DevOps. It's a great opportunity to have that conversation around this hybrid work environment and the real dangers that this does establish for organizations. I would really leverage the LastPass story as not a cautionary tale, not a foot tale, but a how do we really enhance our security posture when it comes to 
hybrid and remote work. This doesn't mean we all have to be RTOs and return to work from an office because an office is safe. That's really not the case. But how do we go about identifying our most vulnerable and our higher value employees that are doing in remote work? And what could we budget for? What could we potentially do to help secure the fact that they're working remotely? A great question to be brought up and, and, and shared among executives in a conversation this week and over the next several weeks to really address this. NVIDIA is working on a driver fix for Windows BSOD, a high CPU usage. NVIDIA confirmed today that it's working to fix a driver issue causing high CPU usage and blue screens of death on Windows system. The buggy driver is the GE Force Game Ready 531.18WHQL driver, which was released on February 28th that introduced support for the RTX video super resolution. This comes after customers have been complaining for days on the company forum and social media that the NVIDIA game session telemetry plugin loaded by the NVIDIA display container service leads to CPU spikes of 10% or more on Windows systems after closing games and rendering apps. In the NVIDIA forum thread asking for feedback on this driver issue, users are also reporting experience constant blue screens on up-to-date Windows installations that are reverting to an older driver version fixes the blue screen of death problems. After performing a clean installation of the latest driver on a Lenovo P17, Running fully upgraded Windows 11 with an NVIDIA RTX A5000, I then encountered three hard kernel crashes as well as two game crashes in the three days I ran this release. A bug fix is coming tomorrow, according to NVIDIA, and so stay tuned for that. But if you are, if you know anyone using it, it's a good idea to let them know to roll it back for just now. A massive ransomware hits one of the most major hospitals in the Spanish city of Barcelona. This has now caused for thousands of appointments to be canceled and some of the ill being moved to other hospitals. The ransomware attack on Barcelona's main hospital has forced thousands of appointments to be canceled, according to officials in the city. The hospital clinic de Barcelona was attacked Saturday with computers across institutions, numerous laboratories, Clinics and ER shut down. Its website was unavailable as of Monday. Officials said that 150 non-urgent operations were canceled on Monday alongside up to 3,000 patient checkups, including radiotherapy visits because staff can't access patient clinical records. According to the El Pais newspaper, the Ransom House gang, which lists semiconductor company AMD as a previous victim, is claiming to have sold data stolen by its partners, was responsible for the attack. This is according to the Catalonian Cybersecurity Agency. The gang itself claims on its leak website that it had nothing to do with any breaches and doesn't produce or use any ransomware. Segui Marcin, a telecommunications secretary for the regional Catalonia government, said no extortion demand has been made of the hospital and they will not pay a cent even if one is being made. They're focusing on recovering information. Uh, staff at the hospital has been forced to write on paper and do not have access to electronic patient data sharing systems. The facility's press department announced that urgent cases are being diverted to other hospitals. They can't make predictions when the systems will be up, but a hospital under a ransomware attack is never a good look for anyone, uh, even the criminals. Uh, that's even worse for those criminals. So uh, crazy story there uh, for sure. We'll see how Barcelona recovers from this. Obviously, you know, this is a national security issue for for Spain and, and NATO, you would assume, and the EU. Um and, and the fact that there's no ransom is, is even more mind-boggling. This could potentially be a, a ransomware group that didn't intend to target hospitals. A lot of ransomware groups don't intend to target a hospital and shut it down because they realize the consequences of those actions, meaning that they're probably not going to get paid. 
and they're going to look really, really bad. Others, people, other criminals within the, the cyber uh, uh, infrastructure will not want to work with them because they've got a target on their backs. Now everyone's chasing them. Law enforcement, Interpol, Europol, the whole nine is, is going after those people. Hospitals, it's kind of, you know, Geneva Convention, you don't go after healthcare facilities. So with that being said, we'll see if anything comes forth in the next few days. We'll keep our eyes tuned into that. So just make sure you get your Windows patched today and your Android devices Last pass, a great, great story to have a conversation around how do we secure our most critical employees in our organizations. Later today, Dmitry Sokolovsky will join me on the CISO Talk podcast. We're going to be talking about the national cybersecurity strategy and why we should stop calling what we do cybersecurity. So tune in for that. That'll air at 1 p.m. Eastern right here on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitch. Tune in to that. Until then, have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.